Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Hey, if you have your Bibles there, open them to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 26th verse. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. Today, I want to talk to you about dealing with anger. You know, anger is something that all of us, at one time or another, have to deal with. And it's important that we manage our anger properly. Uh, we, we don't want to be like the Incredible Hulk. If you remember, uh, back in the uh, 70s, there was a, uh, a television show. And uh, actually, the Incredible Hulk, I believe, is a cartoon, uh, well, a comic book character. They also made a cartoon out of it. But uh, there was a, a show back in the 70s. Bill Bixby played... Uh, uh, you know, Bruce Banner, who would become the Hulk when he got angry. And uh, he, you know, he, he said, he'd tell people, he said, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Actually, uh, and then what would happen when he'd get angry, you know, he'd turn into the Incredible Hulk. That's what I actually would tell my junior high school students when I, when I taught junior high years ago. I, I said, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. And they all thought that, you know, they, their eyes would get real big and, you know, and, and so they didn't want to make, make me angry. But uh, my, my students, you know, but anger is something that, that all of us have to deal with. Everybody has to deal with anger because at some time or another, we all get angry. And, you know, what we need to realize is that it is not a sin to become angry. See, a lot of people think that when they get angry that they've sinned, but becoming angry is not a sin, not at all. And you need to realize that just because you get angry, that doesn't mean you've sinned. It's not a sin to become angry. You need to realize this. Even God gets angry. Absolutely. He, he even God gets angry. It's clear in the Bible. We'll look at, at, at it today where he, he got angry. And, and Jesus, you know, the second member of the Trinity, God in the flesh, he got angry. Remember when he uh, uh, cleansed the temple, uh, you know, he made that whip and cleansed the temple and ran out the money changers. He got angry. But the important thing is to remember this. Our opening scripture said, be angry and do not sin. Or we could say it another way, probably better to say it this way. When we get angry, don't sin. You see, when God gets angry, he doesn't sin. And we, we should be like him. You know, when we get angry, and it's, it's inevitable that we're all going to get angry, but we don't want to sin. And, uh, and, and uh, that's the key. That's the key. The problem is not becoming angry. It's how we act when we do become angry. And... Uh, and, and that's where we can get over into, into sinning. Uh, again, the Bible says be angry, but don't sin as a result. Um, so it's important that we learn to manage our anger properly. And again, so many people, when they get angry, they just, you know, they just fly off the handle. Uh, you know, and, and <laughs> it's like it's like the Incredible Hulk, you know, that mild-mannered, uh, uh, you know, Bill Bixby, who played, I guess it was Bruce Banner, that scientist, when he got angry, he'd turn into the Hulk and, you know, start tearing stuff up and whatnot and so on and so forth. And, uh, we, we don't want to be like, like 
we don't want to act like the Hulk, you know, when we get angry, start tearing the living daylights out of things and yelling and screaming and going on. We must learn to manage our anger properly. You know, I've actually watched grown people. Uh, I even watched, you know, quote unquote, seasoned ministers get angry and just, I mean, fly off the handle and say things and do things that, that in that anger that, you know, I've even watched some, they, you know, they'll lose at a game or at a sporting contest or whatever, and they'll just absolutely melt down and, and get angry and, and say things and do things that, you know, th- throw sports equipment and, you know, say things they shouldn't say and whatnot. And, uh, you know, again, we don't want to fly off the handle when we get angry. We, we have to manage anger properly. Again, not a sin to become angry, but but we don't want to sin when we do become angry. And I have to confess, there's been times I've gotten angry and I've acted unbecomingly. You know, I've I've learned over the years to handle anger uh, uh, well, but, <laughs> you know, I've still, you know, all you got to do is talk to my wife and she'll tell you there's been times where I haven't handled anger properly and I've you know, I've said things I shouldn't have said or whatnot, but but we all get angry. We just don't want to sin when when we do. And you know, it's it's very easy to break God's commandments when we become angry. And you know, a, a, a very interesting picture of this is and notice what I said. It's it's so easy, listen, to break God's commandments when we become angry. And a good picture of this is found in Exodus 32 and verse 19 with Moses. It says uh, in Exodus 32, 19, so it was as soon as he came near the camp, because he was, remember, he was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments and he comes down from the, the mountain. And as soon as it was, as soon as he came near the camp that he saw the calf and, and the dancing, remember the people had made a golden calf and they were worshiping it and, and dancing and so on and so forth and worship and worship to the calf and acting very unbecomingly. And when Moses saw the people doing that, the Bible says Moses's anger became hot. Now the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man in the earth. Now that word meek means he was humble, teachable, trainable. He was a very uh, a humble man, but even humble people become angry and, and again, be angry and sin not. When we get angry, we don't want to sin. And Moses, the Bible says this, this very meek, uh, a mild, teachable, humble man, his anger became hot. Now you need to realize something about Moses. He did have a temper. He, well, he did. And his, his anger became hot. And notice what he does. He takes the Ten Commandments. He, he, he takes the, the tablets and he casts them out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. So you see, Moses, uh, became angry. That wasn't the sin, but, but he, he got so mad that he, what did he do? He, he threw the commandments down and he broke them. You see what a picture that is right there? If we don't handle our anger properly, we'll wind up breaking the commandments of God. Just what Moses did there, he didn't handle his anger properly and he literally broke 
the tablets, he literally broke the Ten Commandments. He probably threw them down and busted them. But it's true with you and I, if we don't handle our anger properly, that we too will wind up breaking uh, the commandments of God. So we need to learn to uh, manage our anger properly. You know, it can really cost us if we don't learn to manage our anger properly because there was another time when Moses became angry. And if you look at Numbers, the 20th chapter, Numbers, the 20th chapter, let's read a few verses here. This was at a later time where Moses again got very angry and the Lord had had uh, told him in this instance to speak to the rock. He, he, he wasn't supposed to strike the rock like he'd had earlier, but uh, at an earlier time. But this time, you know, the people were grumbling and complaining. They wanted water and so on and so forth. And, and God had told Moses to speak to the rock. Okay. And, but what happens here in Numbers 20, verse 10, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, here now, you rebels. You can see his anger there. Moses anger. Must, uh, he says, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock, struck the rock twice with his rod. See, now God told him to speak to the rock, but you can see he got angry. And in that anger, he struck the rock and he hit it twice and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and notice what the Lord says. Because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Now you think about that. Moses's not his anger, but the way he reacted in anger really cost him. And as a result, he didn't get to complete the mission that God had actually called him to do, to take the people into the promised land. And as a result, see, as a result of his not handling his anger properly, he disobeyed God. He broke the word of God. And, and this was such a severe case that, that it, 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 because he didn't handle his anger properly, he disobeyed God and it, it cost him. It cost him. It did not cost him his salvation, but it cost him being able to complete, successfully complete the assignment that God had given him. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, it, it gets real serious all of a sudden. You know, uh, this anger thing, and again, we all deal with it. We must learn to control our anger and handle it properly because if we don't, we can wind up sinning, breaking the word of God and breaking his commandments. And, and it, it can cost us and it can cost us big time like it did with Moses. It, it, like I've already said, it cost him from being able to complete successfully the very thing God had called him to do. Now you think about that. You think about that. And, uh, you know, a, a couple of other uh, scriptures. Notice, if you would, Proverbs 14, verse 17. Proverbs 14, verse 17 says this, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. A quick, or we could say a person, a man or woman, either one, you know, a quick-tempered person acts foolishly. And I can tell you, you know, for, I'll just tell on myself, there's been times where I've gotten angry and I acted very foolishly 
as a result. Again, the anger wasn't the sin, but the way I acted as a result of the anger, there's been times I've acted very foolishly. And again, all you have to do is act, ask my wife. She'll tell you. Okay? And so, uh, so, so we, when we get angry, we need to control that anger and manage it properly so we don't wind up acting foolishly and making a fool out of, our, out of ourselves and hurting people, you know. And, uh, you know, and I'll tell you, I've never hurt anyone physically, but I've, I've hurt some people with my words over the years because I acted, you know, in anger and I've, I've said things to people over the years that I wish I wouldn't have said. And again, just ask my wife, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, you get angry and in the heat of that moment, you say things that you wish you'd never said. Tell you, we got to really watch it when we get angry. We really, really, really do because we'll say things and, and, and do things. Like I said, I've never really done, done acted out physically in, in anger, but I've said things with my mouth. And you know, you can do just as much harm and sometimes more by the things you say to people a lot of times and, than, than actually the things you could, can do. But uh, be that as it may, so let's handle our anger properly and not act foolishly. And then here's another verse, Proverbs 29.11. Proverbs 29.11 in the NIV, the New International Version, says this, A fool gives full vent to his anger. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. See, we're all going to get angry, but a wise person will keep themselves under control. In that anger, a wise person will hold their tongue and, and keep their actions under control and not act foolishly or speak foolishly. But it says here, a fool gives full vent to his anger. Now, underline that word vent if you have your Bible there. That's, I want to say something about venting. Now, you know, uh, you know, some people have said over the years when they've gotten angry, they say, well, I just need to vent. And so they'll just blow off a bunch of steam and they'll, you know, scream and yell or kick things or throw things or whatever. And then, you know, they'll say, well, I'm just venting. Well, I just need to vent. Well, I, I understand that, but, you know, I can't see where it's okay to just, you know, fly off the handle and just, you know, say a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't say or do a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't do and then say, well, that that's okay because I was just venting. I was just blowing it all out of my system. You know, um, we, we need to be very watchful about quote-unquote venting because I've seen a lot of people, you know, get angry, say things they shouldn't say, do things they shouldn't do, and then, and then, and then basically say, well, that was okay because I just, I needed to vent. Well, <laughs> we'll see as I go along here, there's a way that you can quote unquote vent without making a fool out of yourself. I can't see anywhere in the Bible where we're supposed to, you know, where, where it's okay to just, you know, just blow up and say a bunch of stuff we shouldn't say or, you know, kick things, throw things, just, you know, beat things, you know, you know, beat a, beat a golf club on the ground or whatever and, and say, well, that's okay because we were just venting. No, no, we've got to watch. We've got, we've got to, we've got to manage our anger properly. And, and, you know, it's not okay to vent. And when I say that, what I mean by that is to just say a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, just, 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 just a whole bunch of things out of your mouth 
you know, that you shouldn't say or beat things and go on and then just, well, well, it was okay. I just had to get that all out of my system. No, that's not okay. But there is a way that we can quote unquote vent without doing that. And, and, and we'll see as we go how we're supposed to handle anger. And if we'll do it the way God says do it, then we'd be far better off because I've watched a lot of people vent, if you will, over quote unquote vent over the years, make a complete fool out of themselves. And then they say, well, it was okay. I just was, I was venting. I needed to get that out of my system. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you don't, you don't ever want to act like a fool. You understand? And the Bible says a quick tempered person acts foolishly. And a lot of what, what people call venting is just them acting foolishly, saying things and doing things they, that they shouldn't really ever be saying or doing. Okay. But, but there is a proper way to deal with anger. And that's what I want to spend some of this message on. Uh, and in fact, we'll get into it right now. Let's look at James, the first chapter, James, the first chapter and the 19th verse in the NIV. Again, let's read in the New International Version. The Bible says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. That didn't say we should never become angry because we're all going to get angry. That's not the sin. The sin is the way we, the way we can react when we get angry. Okay. We've already said that. But here the Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. I tell you what, becoming angry shouldn't be something that is easy for any of us to do. Particularly if we've been born again any length of time, if we've grown up spiritually to any degree, we should be very slow to get angry. Uh, and, and this is something that, that I have gotten better at over the years. I know when I was younger, I mean, I'd get angry real fast and, and it wouldn't take much to push my buttons and make me angry. And now, you know, it, it, it takes a good deal. And again, you can ask my wife, it takes a good deal to get me really, for somebody to get me really angry enough where I'll, where, where I'll even say something to them you know, or, or take any kind of action because I've learned to be very slow to become angry. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, or slow to, you know, to, I guess, shoot our mouth off, we could say it that way, and, and slow to become angry. Because if you think about it, when a lot of times when people get angry, the first thing they'll do is start shooting off their mouth. Well, we need to be real slow to become angry very slow to speak, but we should be very quick to listen, very quick to listen. And actually, it's important to be a good listener to someone who is angry, you know, because usually when somebody gets angry, it, you know, if they just had somebody to, I mean, not, not yell and scream at, but just somebody to listen to them, a lot of times that, that, that can calm somebody down. If they just have somebody there that, that they know loves them, cares about them, and, and in their anger, if they just have somebody there, there to listen to them, a lot of times that can help people when they're angry, if they just have somebody to talk to. So we should, we should realize how important it is that when somebody's angry, we should be, you know, quick to listen to them. You know, and and not get in an argument with them, but listen to them. Listen to see what see see what they have to say, what their beef is, if you will. That can really help people if they if they know that you sincerely care about them and they're angry and 
They know you're, uh, you know they're angry, they're angry. <laughs> you know it, they know it. But if you'll just listen to them, not argue with them, but listen to them, that can be very helpful. And on the flip side of that, it's important for us when we get angry to have someone to listen to us. That is very helpful. And that, and, and this is really a good way of managing anger is that when you become angry, have somebody in your life, find somebody. You know, if you don't have anybody, ask the Lord to, 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 to provide somebody for you where someone you can confide in, somebody that you have confidence in, uh, you know, somebody that you can share things with that they won't go out and blab it all over the place. But somebody that when you get angry, you can sit down with them and, and say, you know, such and such made me very angry and this is why I'm angry and this is how I feel. See, that's really the way we should vent. Not, you know, you know, throwing things and kicking things and slamming things down or, or, or giving somebody hand gestures in traffic. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Or, uh, <laughs> Those kinds of things, I tell you what, you, you better learn to manage your anger properly because in the day in which we live, you give somebody a hand gesture in traffic, you know, you could get, you could get a, a response from the working end of a 38 revolver. And, you know, you think I'm joking, but I'm not. You, you better be careful. You know, we better learn to handle our, our anger properly and, 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 and not act unbecomingly because you could, you could, you could get in that road rage. You've heard of road rage. I tell you what, there's people that they get so angry on the road and, 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 you know, and it, you've heard about it on the news where road rage and people, I mean, there's people that get so angry. They'll, you know, if, even if you make a legitimate mistake and cut in front of them or something, you didn't do it on purpose. There's people run you down in that anger and, and follow you home and, beat you up and even try to kill you. I mean, so, you know, anger is a really, this society we live in, especially here in the United States, seems like there's a lot of angry people and people who haven't learned to manage their anger properly and even Christians. I know I've pastored a church almost 30 years. There's a lot of Christians that don't handle anger properly, but, but we need to be watchful when we get angry not to shoot our mouths off, not to throw things, slam things down, give hand gestures as I've already, as I've already said. We, we need to, what we invent and all of that in a bad way. The proper way to vent when you get angry is to find somebody and sit down and talk to them. Now that's easier said than done because I know when you're angry, you probably, many of you out there listening, you probably want to just, you know, just, you know, beat your hand again the wall or whatever, you know, or yell and scream and so on. But you know what? We've got to get control of ourselves, find somebody to talk to. If you don't have anybody, you know, a human being to talk to, talk to God. He's always there. He'll be happy to listen to you. Absolutely. But that's really the way to vent, not, not act unbecomingly, you see. And so just be a good listener. When somebody's angry, be willing to sit and listen to them, hear them out. And then vice versa, when you get angry, have somebody you can talk to and, 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 and be honest with, tell them how you feel. And, uh, you know, that would be a very, very, very helpful thing. Now, let me also say this. It is important to have somebody to talk to when you're angry and share your, your uh, feelings with because 
a lot of times what happens is when people get angry, they will, now I've watched this over the years. Now, most of the time when people get angry, they, you know, they just let it out. They just, they just act unbecomingly. But there are a whole bunch of people that also do this. They won't blow up. They'll clam up. You know, you say, well, well, what's wrong with that? Well, you know, well, it is probably better to clam up than to blow up. But here's the thing. If you don't ever talk about what's making you angry and you never properly vent that out, what can happen is bitterness can build up in your heart over time. And so you've, you, you clam up with that anger and you keep that anger clammed up on the inside of you for so long that eventually you wind up blowing up. And when you blow up, it's, it's really not a good, a, a good thing. It's really not a good thing. And so, you know, so, so when you get angry, you know, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on, on our anger. And so what that means is we need to deal with our anger quickly before the sun sets. Because, and the way you deal with that is you, you find somebody to talk, talk, talk to about your anger. And it's very helpful. But if you don't, you let that, you let that anger build up over time. I mean, it can really cause really bad problems. I know I've, I've seen any number of situations. When I say seen, I mean, you hear about them on the news or whatever, where, you know, somebody has, has gotten angry with someone and they've let that anger go for so long and over, over a long period of time. And then finally they snap and, uh, it's, you know, it, 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 the end result is not good. And, um, you know, uh, particularly, you know, you get into this, what we're talking about now, you know, the subject of husbands and wives come up. And I tell you what, there, I've watched a lot of husbands and wives over the years. Usually what happens is, is the one will make the other one angry and then they'll, they'll blow up and they'll have an argument and, and all of that. And, you know, that's bad enough. But then what also can happen is one of the spouses will just clam up and not talk and just keep that anger built up on the, keep it on the inside of them. Then it builds up over time. And then eventually, sometimes it's, it's just the littlest thing that will set that person off that's kept that anger built up and then they blow up and it, it, it's just a mess. I tell you what, one thing that, I would recommend to any married couples out there is if you get angry with one another, if you get angry with one another, remember the Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. But if you've been married any length of time, you know, after the honeymoon has worn off, you're going to get angry with your spouse. They're going to do something or you're going to do something, you know, anger is going to be there. Okay. Absolutely. And it's important when you're angry with your spouse, I know what I'm talking about. It's important to, go, what, what, what my wife and I recommend is to go to your neutral corner, so to speak, you know, and, and a lot of times it's good if you don't talk, you get angry with one another, maybe take a little break, you know, maybe, you know, go outside, walk around or something or take, 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 you know, take a drive or something because you start getting into a heated, heated argument when you're angry, you'll say things that you wish you never, you never said. And once, once hurtful words come out, I tell you what, you can never get those words back. 
And I tell you what, words can, words can get into somebody's spirit and just lodge there and really, really hurt them and, uh, and break their spirit. And, and I know there's things I've said to my wife over the years in anger that I wish I had never said. I can't get those words back. Now, I, I've repented. God's forgiven me. She's forgiven me. And, you know, but I'm just telling you, you get angry with your spouse, go to the neutral corners, cool off, calm down, and then come back together you know, and you don't have to wait days. Don't wait days. The Bible says again, don't let the sun go down on your anger. But in a, in a, in a, in a uh, uh, you know, in a, in a short period of time, come back together, talk about your differences, be honest with one another, talk about why you are angry and what's made you angry and all of that. And, and, and then kiss and make up. Absolutely. But, uh, but what I'm trying to get across here is when you're angry, you know, don't sin. In other words, when you're angry with your spouse, you better be watchful because it's real easy to blow up and say things, even do things that you wish you'd never said or done. So anyway, I hope this is being helpful to some people out there that are listening. Uh, now, um, let us uh, look at this. Well, well, actually, go to Exodus, the 32nd chapter. Exodus, the 32nd chapter, how important it is to have someone to talk to when you're angry. You know, even God needed somebody to talk to when he was angry. Absolutely. You know, we said earlier how Moses got angry with the children of Israel. Well, God got angry with the children of Israel also. And uh, you see it here in Exodus, the 32nd chapter. And, uh, and notice here in the ninth verse, uh, NIV uh, version, God says, he says, I've seen these people. The Lord said to Moses, and there are, see the Lord's, now we're going to see he's angry with the people, but he's talking to Moses. And he, it says, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. Excuse me, verse 10. Now leave me alone. <laughs> Here's what the Lord, now this is God talking. Leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Now, now this is God talking. Now you think about that. God says to Moses, he's, now God's angry with the people. And he says, leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. So, you know, if you've ever felt that way, you know, you're in good company. God felt that way. He got mad at the people and, and, and he, he said to Moses, leave me alone that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. And, and if, if you read on here, and for the sake of time, I won't, but if you read verses, uh, well, let, let's read verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God, and he said, um, he said, O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people uh, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Now, look at that. Moses is talking to God. I, I mean, I could say it this way. Moses is talking God down. I mean, he is. Moses is talking God down. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, back. For, I mean, he's ready to destroy these people. He's angry, and Moses is talking to the Lord and 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 talking him out of doing something that you know. Well, talking him out of destroying the people. You think about that. Now, God was not going to sin. God isn't, he's not going to sin. 
but the people had it coming. I mean, they had it coming. If God wants to destroy them, they had it coming. God's perfect. You understand that? But but notice, he said, he told Moses, leave me alone so my anger can burn against them that I may destroy them. And Moses said, why should your anger burn against your people? So God, uh, I'm sorry, Moses talked God down. So if God, we're talking God, if God gets angry and needs somebody to talk to, how much more do you and I need somebody to talk to when we get angry? Huh? And I'm sure those people were glad that Moses was there to talk, talk God down or they'd have got vented on in a real, in a real way. You know what I mean? They'd have been destroyed. But the point is, you know, how important it is to have somebody to talk to when we're angry. Now, you know, the good news is, is, is if you study through it, at least from my study of it, there's times where God was mad at the mad. He was angry at the people and Moses wasn't. And then there's times Moses was angry at the people and God wasn't. But those people better be glad that God and Moses never got angry with them at the same time. You know, you know yeah, that, that's very true, isn't it? But the point here is, is that, you know, if God needs somebody to talk to when he gets angry, you know what I mean? How much more will it be helpful helpful for you and I to have someone to talk to when we're angry? And then, like we said earlier, you know, maybe we can be that person for someone else when they're angry. We can be that person that they can come and talk to. And uh, and, and and that's a good thing. Um, now, uh, let me say this. We talk about anger. Uh, did you know that some people, quite a con- considerable number of people, did you know that, that, that there's a lot of people that are angry with God? There's a lot of people that are angry with the Lord for various and sundry reasons. Now, let me just say this. You know as well as I do, God has never done anything wrong. He's perfect. So if we're angry with the Lord... It's it, you know, the problem is with us, not with him. Okay, but yet many people get angry with God for various and sundry reasons. Some people are angry with the Lord because some bad thing happened in their life, you know, or they or something didn't go quite right in their life, and um, and they're angry with with the Lord because you know they thought he should have done something to stop it and he didn't and they get angry with the Lord for various and sundry reasons but before I go any further let me just say this to you God has never done anything wrong he's never done wrong to anyone so if you're angry with the Lord the problem isn't with him it's with you and, and I tell you what, there's been times I've gotten angry with the Lord. But just stop and think. Again, he's never done anything wrong. So the problem isn't with him. The problem is with me. And many times what happens is when, when people get angry with the Lord, when you get down right down to it, uh, it it's just a misunderstanding over something. And they, they just... And they don't understand why a certain thing happened or why God didn't do a certain thing, as I've said. But you get right down to it. They just, you know, it's just something happened and something went wrong and and they blame God. But when you get right down to it, God is not 
is not the fault. But they misunderstood and they thought that God was behind some some wrongdoing. And God's not behind any wrongdoing or, or you know, they, they blame God for something. But, but you know, then they, they misunderstand and they blame God for, for whatever. And, and God isn't the, the one that did, did the wrong, you know. Now, if you want to get angry, get angry at the devil because he will do you wrong. He will do you wrong. But, but God has never done anyone wrong. And unfortunately, that happens a lot of times. The devil comes in and takes a shot at somebody, you know, and gets through and, and, and hurts them in some way. And then people, you know, they, they think God did it. They blame God. They get mad at God, but it wasn't God at all. It was the devil that did it, you know. And then, too, you need to realize we live in a fallen world and bad things do happen. And, and you know, and, and sometimes it's just not a direct result of the devil, and God certainly didn't do anything wrong. It's just we live in a in, in a fallen world, and sometimes bad things happen. And and but a lot of times people blame it on God, just blame everything on God, and and He's never done anything wrong. So you need to remember that, okay? All right. If you're angry with the Lord, the problem's not with Him. You've missed it somewhere. <laughs> you just have, or you've misunderstood something, or maybe the devil hit you somehow or another, and and you thought it was God that 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 did the wrong, but it, it it's not the Lord that did you wrong. Okay, but now in the Bible, we see if you if you go back to the book of Genesis, if you go back to the book of Genesis with Cain and Abel, you see in Genesis four verse four. It says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry. Now, Cain was angry. Now, who was he angry with? He was angry with God, and he was angry with his brother because God had respect for Abel and his offering, but not for Cain's. So you see Cain, now think about this, Cain got angry with, with his brother, Cain got angry with God, but who was the problem really with? The problem wasn't with God, and the problem wasn't with Abel, the problem was with Cain. But Cain was getting mad at God, getting mad at his brother, and God didn't do anything wrong, Abel didn't do anything wrong, it was Cain, he didn't bring an offering that was acceptable to the Lord. He didn't bring his offering in faith. See, Cain brought the first and the best to God. And it takes faith to do that. Uh, let me say it. Let me get it right. Abel brought the first and the best. Abel brought the first and the best to God. It takes faith to do that. But Cain did not. He didn't bring his best to the Lord. So the problem wasn't with Abel. The problem was with Cain. But yet... Abel did what was right, and God had respect for that. Cain did not do what was right, and God didn't respect that. But, but yet, Cain gets mad at God, gets mad at Abel. The problem wasn't with God and with Abel. The problem was with Cain. But yet, Cain is angry. He's mad. He's, he's all upset because, because God had respect for Abel's offering. And the Lord said, look at verse 6, And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? You know, and, and and God didn't ask him that because because God didn't know the answer. He asked that not for his benefit. Uh, uh, God asked that to, to Cain, not for God's benefit, but for Cain's benefit. Why are you angry? Hey, that's a good question for me to ask you right now. If you're out there and you're angry, why are you angry? Why? You know, why are you angry? Why? Maybe you've never maybe you've never had anybody ask you that before. Why are you angry? 
And that's what he asked, the Lord asked Cain. He said, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? And that's a good question to ask yourself. If you're angry, if you're having problems with anger, why? Before you're ever going to get free, you got to get to the root of why. Why is it? And then he says in verse 7, and, and, and God tells him in verse 7, he tells Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. And it's desires for you that should rule over you. And then if you read on, then Cain called his brother out and so forth, and eventually he murdered him. You see? It, and really, Cain being angry there wasn't the problem in and of itself, it's the way he reacted to that anger. And he winds up doing something he shouldn't have done. He got angry and sinned. And he killed his brother. He murdered his brother. But see, he, he when God started talking to him, you know, he should have been slow to, 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 to become angry. And he should have listened to God. He should have evaluated himself. And, and this, this thing didn't have to go down the way that it did. But he didn't handle his anger properly, and he wound up committing murder. You think about that. And that's what happens a lot of times when people commit murder. It, it, it starts out, they get angry, and they don't handle the anger properly. And the next thing you know, you know, it's, you got some, you got murder committed. I, this is serious stuff that we're talking about here today. Anger has to be handled properly. It really, really, really does. Now, um, so just reading from my notes here, because I don't want to miss anything. If you're angry about something or at someone, find someone to talk about it. So just review there. You can talk to God, find someone you trust. Even talk to the person that you're angry with. And, and, and I could give you scripture on that. You know, if, if, if there's a fence between you or someone you know, go, go approach them and talk to them and try to, try to, to work it out, you know. Uh, but, but be sure if you do that, be sure you're, you're at a place where, where that anger can't, can't, won't escalate into something really, really terrible, terrible bad, like murder or something like that. But, you know, and sometimes you can approach people and talk to them. Sometimes you can't. Like I said, when, when people get angry, usually it's best to get to the neutral corners and cool off for a while before you, before you talk. But, you know, a lot of times when people get angry with one another, I've already watched people that have been angry with each other for years and years and years. And, and, and you get right down to it. It's just a, it was a, a misunderstanding. And if you can get them in the same room and, 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 and talk, they get to talking that all that, all that anger goes away and, and it's all reconciled, you know. But we need, to, we, need to, we need, as I've said, we need to have someone to talk to. And see, God was there trying to talk to Cain, but, but Cain was having nothing to do with it. And unfortunately, there are sometimes people, they just get something stuck in their craw. And, and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it because they're angry and they just, you know, some people just revel in being angry and holding grudges and being, you know, unforgiving and all of that. Some people just, you know, they, I don't know, they get some kind of a, of, of a, of a thrill, I guess, out of that of, you know, you wronged me, so I'm going to hold it against you the rest of your life. And every time I see you, I'm going to bring it up. And there are some people like that out there. And, you know, there's not much you can do about those people other than pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they'd be able to see the error of their way. But, you know, uh, and some people just like carrying grudges and being angry. But you know what? Don't let, you, you don't be that way. 
You don't be that way. And maybe you can't do something about the other guy, but you can do something about yourself. And so you just be slow to speak and, and slow to become angry, quick to listen. And if you've got, if you're angry with somebody, you know, just, just do your best to reconcile that with them. And, and hey, if somebody comes to you and maybe they wronged you and they come to you and they want to make amends, then you forgive. Do what the Bible says and you forgive and don't hold that thing against them and hold that thing over their head the rest of the rest, you know, the rest of their lives. And just because you get some kind of a, you know, whatever out of it, you, you know, you just like, like, because like I said, some people just like, you know, if they, if they have been wrong, they just like holding that against somebody. No, you do the right thing. If some, if somebody's wronged you, you, you forgive them. And if they, especially if they come to you, and they want to make it right. You, don't you hold that grudge against them. Accept their apology and then move on down the road and love them, okay? And, and, and be close with them, you know? You, you get what I'm saying. But, uh, but, but talking about this thing about being angry with the Lord, uh, this, is, this is a significant problem. And, and I want to say a little bit more about it because in pastoring some 30 years, give or take, I have seen a whole lot of people that that they get hung up in their anger with the Lord. They really do. They really do. And I've had to deal with it in my own life. You get angry with the Lord over something. Something didn't go the way you thought. You know, uh, maybe you thought God was going to use you in a certain way. And, and you, know, it, you know, it didn't work out the way you thought. You know, do you ever think if like a minister out there, maybe maybe you thought your ministry was going to wind up in a certain place and it didn't. Well, you know, you get, and you get mad at the Lord. Well, first of all, you know, you need to be sure what was it that God actually called you to do? You know, I mean, a lot of times ministers, I'm just maybe there's some ministers out there listening. They get grandiose things in their heads and they think that they're going to be used like Billy Graham or, you know, some big famous minister, but you know what? God's not going to use most people that way. And thank God for the ones that he uses that way. But a lot of ministers get this concocted in their heads when they start out in the ministry that one day they're going to, you know, be, be like Billy Graham. But you need to realize God's not going to use most people that way. And, and frankly, you know, because I've studied this a long time, a lot of the times when ministers are big, and when I say big, you know, famous and well-known, that's not all it's cracked up to be. And there's lots of responsibility that goes, goes into that. And, but, but what I'm saying is I've watched ministers, they wind up where they're angry with God because their ministry didn't wind up the way that, that they thought that it was going to or whatever. But, you know, what did God actually call you to do in the first place? And then, again, you got to look at something else, too. Did you obey God? Did you do everything he told you to do? Maybe your ministry didn't wind up where you thought it would, or maybe you're out there, you're not a minister, but your life hasn't wound up the way you thought it should, and, and you know, you're mad at God, but did you do everything that God told you to do? Did you seek him the way you were supposed to? And when he told you to do something, did you listen to what he said? You know, or did he maybe tell you to do something and it was, it takes, anytime God tells you to do something, it's going to take faith. Maybe, maybe, maybe he told you to do something way back years ago and you never did it. And, you know, and now here you are angry with God because something, you know, you're not as far along as you thought you should be and mad at God and the whole time it wasn't him at all. It was, you didn't obey him as you should. But the point is, is that there's a lot of people angry with the Lord and, uh, and the thing you need to realize, if you're out there and you've been angry with the Lord, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to encourage you. 
because because join the club. I think everybody's been angry with the Lord at, at, at one time or another. But again, he's done nothing wrong. But David, King David, the man after God's own heart, he would get angry with the Lord. He would get angry with the Lord. And, and, and it was because if you get into it, he misunderstood some things and whatnot. But, you know, David didn't leave his anger with the Lord, separate him from God. Now, I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm talking about losing a closeness with the Lord. Because I tell you what, it's possible to be saved absolutely on your way to heaven, but but some you, you misunderstood something or something didn't work out the way you thought it should and you're angry with the Lord. And that anger can separate you from being as close to the Lord as you need to be. But David, he would get angry with the Lord at times. And I could give you several passages on this, but like in Psalms uh, chapter 13, verse 1, he, David, he's angry with the Lord and he says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? You can see where he's, he's upset with the Lord. And then he says, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Now, what do we learn from this? We learned that, that some things had happened. David was angry with the Lord. and But you know what he did? Instead of letting that anger separate him from God, he told God about it. He just talked to, he talked to God. He told him how he felt. And then he thought better of it and he began praising the Lord. And so even though he was angry with God, he didn't allow that anger to separate him from his closeness with the Lord. We see it again in Psalm 35, verse 17 and 18. He said, Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their destructions, my precious life from the lions. See, he's angry because he thinks God ought to be helping him more. He's upset with the Lord. He's angry. He says, Lord, how long will you look? How long are you going to just look on while these people are coming against me? Why don't you do something? He's angry. But then in verse 18, he says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I'll praise you among many people. See, so even though he was angry with the Lord, now again, that anger wasn't justified. God's never done anything wrong. But David was human, just like you or me, right? Like you and me, and uh, you and me. And uh, he, But he got angry, but he told the Lord what he thought. And then he was quick to to say, hey, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. I'm going to praise him and bless him. And, and that's what we what we need to do. And again, in Psalm 42, verse 9, David says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? See, he wants God to deliver him from his enemies. He thinks God isn't acting as quickly as he should. Angry with the Lord. And then verse 10, as with breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And then he says in verse 11, but why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. So you see, again, David got angry with the Lord, but he talked to the Lord about it. He, he, he thought better of it. And then he began to praise him. And I tell you what, this is something that I've had to learn to do over the years because there's times I've gotten angry with the Lord and 
upset because something didn't go the way I think it should. And I think, you know, God, why, why didn't you do more? You could have done more. You know, where were you when I needed, you know, your, your help? Well, God was there and, and one day we'll understand it all. And, and when we do, we'll realize that God, he didn't do anything wrong. Okay. And, and all of that. But then I've had to learn that, you know what, rather than being upset with the Lord for things I don't really even understand, just begin to praise him. Think about all the times that it was clear that he was there and all that. Now he's always there, but you know what I mean? I think about that all the times he helped me here. He helped me there. He helped me here. He helped me there. He helped me here. And, 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 I, and I praise him and thank him for all those things. Uh, rather than being upset for the times I think he let me down when I don't really understand all that was going on there anyway. And one day we'll understand it and we'll understand why God, you know, why he didn't do something when we sh- thought he should have. See, we'll understand that all one of these days in, in heaven, you know, we will. But the point is, 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 is concentrate on the good. But I tell you what, there's been times I've gotten angry with the Lord and I've gone considerable amounts of time, not a losing of salvation, but where I've been distant, distanced from the Lord because I was, I was like holding a grudge against him. And, and, uh, by the way, there's something about the, the, the human nature that likes to hold a grudge, even if it's against the Lord and even if it's unwarranted. I'm just telling you, but during those times, it's kept me, it's kept me at a distance from the Lord. And, and, you know, I be usually grumpy and, you know, I just, <laughs> Just, you know, kind of, kind of depressed and down. Well, why? Because I'm at a distance from the Lord. But hey, just remember, God hasn't done anything wrong. And I'd have to realize God hasn't wronged me. And one day I'll understand those things that I don't understand now. But in the meantime, let's think about all the good things and all the things he's helped me with. And then, man, I just begin to, you know, and like David, he essentially said, why are you cast down on my, on my soul? Just say it this way. Why are you angry with the Lord, Terry? Look at all the good things he's done for you. Let's don't be, be dismayed over the few things you don't understand. Let's think about all the good stuff. And, and then, you know, my, my soul gets, gets encouraged and then we go on down the road. And, 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 and then you get back close with the Lord and, and oh, he's so gracious. He's so good. When he said, Lord, I'm sorry. I was angry with you. I didn't mean it. You know, he, he, not one time does he hold a grudge. He's like, come on. I forgive you. And let's go on down the road. Isn't he wonderful? He's, he's just, just really wonderful. But uh, let me read from my notes. Like David, instead of letting your anger block you from God, use your anger to motivate you to praise God. And that's really what, what David did. Anger with God can lead to a closer relationship with him if you handle the anger properly. Because we all get angry. We all even get angry with the Lord. But if you handle it the way David did, actually David, after these times where he got angry with the Lord and talked with the Lord and then thought better of it and began to praise the Lord, he was actually, you can make argue, was closer to the Lord than before before that instance, you see. So praise God forevermore. Um, and, uh, I could go on and on and on and on with this, but let, let me, I do want to say this right before I close. If you go to second Chronicles 26 and I'm spending time with this anger with God issue, because it is really a big deal. Like I said, I've seen lots of Christians angry with the Lord and they're not as close to him as they, as they, they should be because like I said, they're, they're holding something against the Lord. But let me say, let me say this to you. Here's a man. Now, now David handled the anger properly. He'd get angry with the Lord. Remember, God hasn't done nothing wrong, but he'd get angry with the Lord. He'd tell the Lord what he thought. You know, tell, tell, he told him what he thought. David did. 
But then he thought better of it and began to praise the Lord. And he drew closer to the Lord. But watch this. This is very interesting. There was another king on down the road after David named Uzziah. And uh, it's interesting. Uzziah was a king. God called him to be king. And he sought the Lord. He was very close with the Lord. He was a saved man. He was a believer on, on the Lord. And, and he sought God. And in Second Chronicles chapter 26, you ought to read that sometime. I mean, he was, he sought the Lord and God blessed him and marvelously blessed him. And Uzziah was called to be king. But there came a time where that wasn't enough for him. He wanted to be the priest also. Something you need to learn about yourself. It seems like human beings always want to or quite frequently want to be something that God hasn't called them to be. Why is it? I think it's just something about our the human nature. We always want something, or I say always, frequently we want something that we can't have or that we're not supposed to have. And, and Uzziah was no different. He was king, but he wanted to be priest. And I can almost, if I was a betting man, I could almost bet you this. If he'd have been the priest, guess what? Eventually, he'd have wanted to be a king. All right, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and if he'd have been both, then eventually he'd have wanted to be a prophet also. It's just we got to watch that about ourselves. We need to, you know, we need to find out what God has called us to do. Realize what he hasn't called us to do. Remember that he sets everyone in the body of Christ as it pleases him. And then we need to know what he's called us to do and then just be the best at that that we can be. And then just stay, stay with that. Unless he changes it somewhere, just be, you know, just be happy and content with what God has called us to be. But Uzziah was called to be king. Now that's a, that's a pretty good assignment. But he wanted to be priest. And much I could say about it, but for the sake of time, what happened was, is when he started functioning or tried to function in the office of priest, God withstood him and God sent uh, uh, priests in to withstand him and say, Uzziah, it's not for you to stand in the office of priest. You stay over there in that king's office. I'm putting my own words now, but you don't come over here and be the priest. It's not for you. We need to realize there's things you know, particularly talking to ministers, but it applies to everybody. We need to, a minister, we need to find out what God's called us to do and stay in that office. Unless God changes it, just stay right in there. Because that's where you're going to be fulfilled. That's where you're going to be blessed. But oh my goodness, how many times have I watched, you know, ministers, they're getting a certain, God calls them to be a pastor, but then eventually down the road, they want to be a prophet. And God hasn't called them to be a prophet and they get things all messed up. You know, I, and I've seen the other two where, uh, you know, God's called somebody to really be a New Testament prophet, but in the process of time, they want to be, they want, they, they want to be a pastor. And it just, it just messes things up. People get dismayed. It's just a mess in the end. Let's just find out what God's calls us to do and stay with it. But Uzziah, God had called him to be a king, but he wants to be priest. So God's withstanding him, warning him, has a bunch of priests go in and warn him to, hey, you know, uh, stay in the office of king. You're not supposed to be a priest, but you know what Uzziah did? And you can read it in Second Chronicles 26. He got angry. He got, I mean, he got mad, mad. I mean, the Bible says the King James says he, he was wroth. I mean, he was mad as a wet hornet. He was angry. He was angry with the Lord. And he was angry with the priest who came at the direction of the Lord to tell him the truth. He got angry. You know, sometimes people get angry when they're told the truth. But Uzziah was no different. He was told the truth. 
and he wasn't supposed to be a priest. He was king, but he wanted to be priest, and he got angry. And the Bible says, look at this. It says in Second Chronicles twenty six nineteen, Uzziah had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense. He became angry. That's not a sin to become angry, but it's a sin if we react wrongly to that. And while he was raging at the priest, see, he was raging. While he was furious, raging at the priest, there in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. My, 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 my. Isn't that sad? And long story short, Verse 21, King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Now, this was a saved man. I don't believe for one second here that he lost his salvation. But what he did lose is he lost his closeness with the Lord. And he lived the rest of his life and never made this right. And stay, he lived the rest of his life separated from the Lord. I believe that when he died, he made heaven and all of that, but but he lived the rest of his life. Here was a man that was so close to God, but he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. Okay, and much I could say about that, but he didn't get his way. And he got angry. God tried to set him straight. He got angry, furious. He, re he reacted wrongly to the anger and it cost him. Not only did he get struck with leprosy, but he lived the rest of his life separated, not as close to God as he should have been. Now, you know, I'm convinced it's clear that he didn't repent because if he had repented, I believe that leprosy would have left him and God would have restored him. Because you see that with other similar things with other kings. But man, this, I mean, he was, he was going to hold that grudge the rest of his life. And he did. And he died separated. Dist, let's say it this way, distanced from the Lord. Now, some might argue that he died and went to hell. I don't think so. I think he, 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 he made heaven all right. But, but just think about it. He lived the rest of his life separated from the Lord because he, he didn't react properly to, to the anger that he had. My, my, my. Isn't that something? Don't let that be this case with you. If you're holding something against the Lord, remember God hasn't done anything wrong and, and you just, uh, you set, you get yourself straight, okay? And go talk to the Lord about it and repent and God will receive you right back. You can get that, establish that closeness back with the Lord and go right on down the road. Praise God. So in conclusion, Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. We've already talked about that. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and don't give place to the devil. Because, you know, I didn't read that verse earlier, but, you know, when we're, when we're reacting wrongly to anger, that's when we can give place to the devil. And I tell you what, all kinds of bad stuff can happen then. And then verse 31, let, this is Ephesians 4, verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So, hey, not a sin to be angry, but uh, when we are angry, uh, let, let's don't sin, all right? So I hope today has helped you to, to realize, again, it's not a sin to become angry, but, but, but I hope it's helped you to see uh, that, that you need to act properly when you do become angry. I hope it's helped you how to, this message has helped you how to, uh, teach you how to handle your anger properly so that you don't sin. So anyway, hope, hope it was a blessing. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, I want to invite you to repent of your sins 
and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you'll do that, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means you'll miss hell one day when you die. You'll make heaven and God will make your life worth living in the meantime. Okay, so hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you again right back here next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.